Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from central Pennsylvania, right here in the Quando Studio. Welcome. Hello out there in podcast land. And I'd like to uh, welcome, as always, my fellow co-host, Chris Martin. Chris, give us a shout out, brother. Hey, John. I love the enthusiasm. I like it. Yeah. Just uh, coming off of a high octane lunch, right? Absolutely. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, everyone. This is Chris Martin and uh, welcome to the Building PA podcast. I am president of Atlas Marketing and you can check us out at atlasstories.com and find out about uh, how we tell stories for people who build things. Today, we are talking with Chip Desmond of Desmond and Associates, a very strong, uh, well-respected architectural firm based in Pittsburgh, in Lawrenceville to be exact. And this episode today is part of the Health and Wellness Series, which is sponsored by Barry Isett and Associates. So we thank them uh, for joining us and, and helping us tell these stories. Uh, which is great. But um, Chip, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Sure, Chris. Thanks, John. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Coming coming from Lawrenceville, PA, right? My my mom grew up right down the road from you. She loves Lawrenceville. Oh, very good. <laughs> Does she still have her house? Uh, no, she moved after high school, but my grandmother had it until 2001, I believe. Nice. Ooh. Right before the resurgence of Lawrenceville. Yeah, it's crazy. And speaking about some of the things that are good in Lawrenceville, I know I've had the chance to visit um, Desmond and Associates office space there. And it is, for those of you that are are unaware of it, it is one of the coolest places to work in, I'm assuming. It's kind of like the Flatiron Building, if you will, in New York City, but not nearly as big. So, Chip, can you tell us a little bit about the about the facility and the building? Sure, sure. So, this is probably uh, 1993 when uh, my dad and I... and our firm was probably about five people at the time, uh, became partners with Lawrenceville Corporation, who was buying and redeveloping the building. And they asked us to be tenants. And we said, sure, we'd love to be tenants. Can we be your architect? And they said, sure, you can be our architect. We said, great. Can we be your partners? And they said, sure, you can be our partners. So we uh, made the leap and became partners with Lawrenceville Corporation in the redevelopment of this um, abandoned bank building. And moved in. At the time, we had five tenants in the building. And uh, over time, we took over the bank and kept growing to a point where we had about 35 people crammed into this, what became a much smaller building just because we had taken up so much space in it. And uh, we decided it was time to build an addition. And we wanted to stay in Lawrenceville because all of a sudden, Lawrenceville became the coolest place on the face of the planet to have an office. So we decided we should stick around. And it wasn't like that when we first moved in at all. It was a pretty scary neighborhood. But uh, it grew up around us, and we wanted to stay. And so we built an addition. You know, the, the story goes on. Um, you know, I was uh, just before we started building the addition, I was uh, I had the good fortune to sit on a, on a national AIA committee called the Design Health Leadership Group. And as a part of that, as a part of that group, there was uh, it was made up mostly of uh, academicians and um, healthcare people, and they were studying this intersection between design and human health. And so they were trying to you know find ways 
to show how design could have um, a significant impact on on human health. And uh, there were people there from a company called Delos who were developing the Well program at the time. And uh, I came came back from these meetings and I'd say to to my partners, guys, this is the way of the future. This is what we need to be doing um, for ourselves in our office. And we need to tell the world about what well is and what it means and show them how to do it. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, how it got started. That's really cool. So maybe maybe we could uh, get some episodes from the vault. Yeah, come on by. Awesome. We'll set you up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but you mentioned well building. So for years, you know, it's been... In the construction industry, we talk about lead and lead's the standard. How does well and lead differ? Well, you know, lead is about energy and conservation and, you know, ways to uh, to save energy through specialty lighting, um, ways to save energy through your mechanical systems, ways to provide um, a better environment without uh, off-gassing of glues and solvents and things like that. So for the most part, well is uh, an environmental uh, program applied to buildings. Well is a design program that's applied to people through buildings and through the design of buildings. So that's that's kind of the main differentiator between, between lead and well. And I'm sure well and lead people could be much more specific about that than I could, but that gives you kind of a broad stroke um, idea of what the differences are. So in terms of, I, I like the way you explain that too, because that, that makes it the environmental impact versus the, the, the actual person themselves. But how does that really help people? Like you work in a well building all the time. Do you feel a, a significant impact or? Yeah, absolutely. The well program is uh, pretty rigorous around aspects of design and around aspects of a building that have direct influence on, on human health. And so, for example, there are, as a part of well, the well program, there are really seven different metrics that they want you to, to focus on. And they're like um, water, light, air nourishment, fitness, mind, and comfort. And so they gauge different metrics in all of these different aspects of, of the program to help people in a well building, you know, try to achieve their, their healthiest self through the design of the building that they are occupying. So for example, as a part of the water metrics, you know, Pittsburgh is notoriously known for turbidity in the water. So if you had an you know, water just out of the tap, you could see that there's, I mean, there's, we take our water from the Allegheny River. So, you know, it's a muddy river. And so if it's not filtered well coming from the plant, um, you can see turbidity in it. And, you know, and our pipes are very old in this city. Pipes are 100 years old, 100 years plus. We had, in fact, last night we had a pipe burst outside of our office on Penn Avenue. And I came in this morning and you know, you see the water that runs is, you know, it can be, it can change color. So we've, in the new part of our building anyway, in the new part, we've got um, some pretty elaborate filters that we've put on our water mains coming into the buildings to uh, make sure we can clean that water and um, make sure it's it's uh, as, as clean as we can possibly make it. And we um, have our water tested several times a year to make sure that um, our, filtration, our filtration systems are are working uh, as well as they can. 
And uh, and we also have, you know, we also have bottled water stations all over the office as well. So, you know, we can filtered water off of our tap. We've got purified water that we get in um, kind of uh, large water filtration machines. And so that's, you know, one aspect of, of the well system. So can I ask real quick then, coming out of COVID and everybody working from home and now coming back to the office and those type of things, I, I would imagine, you know, as an employer myself, that would be one of those things that I would try to promote and say, hey, here, this is this is one of the things that we're really looking for you. Are you seeing a lot of your employees that are now really your office being more vibrant because of that? Well, you know, we were um, accidentally brilliant prior to the uh, <laughs> prior to the pandemic because because we did a well gold certified building. You know, one of the uh, aspects, another one of the aspects to well is um, the air systems. And, you know, we have a, a very complex, highly monitored uh, mechanical systems that, uh, you know, have significant fresh air makeup, significant filtration. Again, like the water, we test the air quality constantly. In fact, we're continuously monitoring the, the air quality. And, um, you know, we have a, a detailed cleaning plan around it, uh, around the system. So we were probably one of the safest places to work in Pittsburgh. Uh, when this pandemic hit. So, you know, even though early in the pandemic, people were, a lot of people were staying at home, I didn't stay home for very long because I knew I was going to work in a place that was probably safer than my house. And, uh, you know, the air that moves through this building is clean and fresh and it gets lots of air changes per per hour. So um, it's a very incredibly safe place to be. And, uh, you know, and we also have the ability to open windows here. So that's another um, great aspect that we have. And, you know, people weren't really staying away. People wanted to be in the office, oddly enough. You know, I'm very happy about that. Prior to the pandemic, you know, we had a two-day-a-week remote policy in our office. So as leadership was getting used to uh, a new way of working anyway, uh, the pandemic actually um, helped solidify that that program that we already had in place. And, and it just and it remains in place now. So... It's worked very well for us. It sounds awesome. I'm sold. You know, the the safest place in Pittsburgh, great air quality, the, the water, everything. We're sold. So let's get that field trip exactly, scheduled here. Exactly. So we're, gonna, <laughs> we're coming. We're gonna, yeah. Can you maybe touch on the uh, the learning curve when you compare it to lead back, you know, two decades ago to, to well now? Did that internally, was that difficult or was it different? And then And then within clients too, how did that differ? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I think back on lead, it, it took everybody a while to plug in to how one can do a lead building. But I think once everybody understood it and got a couple of them under our belts, you know, it, was, it became kind of automatic. And you would see that materials manufacturers were coming into the game and making it easier for us to, to actually reach the, the various lead goals, the goals that would be set for us. Well is far more complex than lead, and I think it's taken industry a while to catch up to it because I'm not sure everybody understands it. But it's really about, like I said previously, it's more about people than it is about uh, materials and construction. So, 
know, there are other aspects to, to well that, you know, we can talk about like uh, fitness and mind and comfort and uh, nourishment and light. So, you know, there are, there are lots of different ways that uh, a well building gets measured and tracked. But uh, one of the cool things we have is we have this um, systems monitoring. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just a, a box that, you know, collect constantly collects data from our various systems. And it Every day when we walk in the door, you can see what the um, what the system's quality rating is. And so, some days I walk in and it might be ninety nine. It might be ninety nine out of a hundred. Today I walked in and I think it was eighty nine out of a hundred. And there are lots of different things that can go into this track. But uh, we can. All, everybody has an app that's called AWAR, and you can look it up and you can tell what the quality of the air is in the office at any given moment. And it's based on I think maybe six or seven factors. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool thing too. And I'll look it up real quick. And so, you know, everybody knows when they walk in the door what today's conditions are. So right now it's 88. And this 88 is based on temperature, humidity, um, CO2 parts per million, parts per billion in chemicals in the air, and PM 2.5. I don't know what that is, but it's something really scientific, I'm guessing. It, it but, sounds cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And the, the only thing that's making it an 88 today, right at this moment, is the fact that the humidity is really low in the office right now. It's 21. And usually we have to try to keep that at about 50. So, but, you know, so we have this ability to really kind of monitor what, what's happening in the building at any given moment. Is that something that you're, you're seeing a lot more of your clients are coming to you and saying, hey, we need healthy spaces. What, what can we do to, to start designing these? Well, people want to know what the next thing is and how to make their companies better and how to improve their culture and, and how we can help them do that through design. And one of the greatest ways we, things we can do is really bring the knowledge that we've gained by doing a well gold certified building to anybody's project. I mean, that's free, essentially. We, you hire us and we come with that knowledge and we tell you about all the things that you can do to your building, your space, to make it better. Now, whether or not someone decides that they're going to get well certified, that's a whole different effort, different program, different process that you have to go through to do that. And it comes with significant costs, though it might be like 5% of the total cost of your building, you know, much like LEED, it's still, it, it, it takes effort. And it's it's not like LEED where you, you get LEED certified and you get a plaque on the wall and you're done. Well comes with a continuous monitoring, a continuous regular reevaluation to prove that you're actually maintaining all the programs that you put in place to get that well certification. So it's just much more rigorous. But like I said, you know, we bring the knowledge of having done the well building with us uh, everywhere we go. And we try to implement things that we've done in our building with designs for other people's buildings and spaces. So it's uh, it's, uh, a lot of fun. Are you seeing uh, well take off in any certain market types or client types? I I could see colleges getting into this and producing well buildings. Yeah. We're actually talking to a client right now. It's a large uh, office client, and they are bringing several different locations together to create a new office, and they want to essentially 
you know, and they're they're kind of a startup company, and they're they're about recycling. They want to know, and and they're, you know, their employees are mostly pretty young, and they want to know what it is they can do to their space, to to align with their culture, to make it a safe, healthy place for everybody to work, and make it a place that people will want to come to, and you know, not stay at home. Um, and so, well, is the the answer that we pitched to that to that plan, and so we've got a kickoff meeting um, tomorrow, and we're going to um, talk about the things that we can do for them to um, get them to well, and um, and I I think they want certification, so they're gonna they're gonna go through you know a lot of this program uh, that we went through to to make it happen because. Their funders and backers, uh, you know, want to see them perform at a cutting edge, a cutting edge level. I would imagine too. A lot of their clients are coming to you and saying, "Okay, you know, for for so long we've had people that don't want to come to the office, and and now you have an opportunity to to not only design those healthy spaces, but one of the things that's kind of stood out to me, Chip, is that you've mentioned is the fitness side." And, you know, I've worked in I've worked in office spaces that had, you know, their own gyms and all those other things. And that was like where the dust went to settle because nobody ever did anything there. You know, everybody was so busy working that, you know, it was. So do you see that, you know, even in your own, you know, own building or with clients that that fitness side, the health, the actual health and wellness side is actually being used rather than just a, hey, here's a perk and nobody ever touches it. Right. Well, fitness isn't necessarily all about having a gym or a place to work out. And fitness has alignment with mind and comfort. And so we try to, you know, what we're doing with Well is essentially integrating all those concepts. So for example, I mean, we have bike racks and um, there are probably about half a dozen of us who bike to work. We have uh, showers so that people can bike to work and take a shower and, and be ready to go. We have, you know, there are other things we do around fitness. Like, for example, we have extra wide stairwells and we've placed our elevators actually in a, a kind of out of the way position so that it kind of encourages people to take the stairs. And we have signs on the wall that says that say the quickest way to your destination is by taking the stairs and, and not the elevator. So we want to actually tell people that this is what you should do. And painted in the floor of the stairs and the steps, we have a calorie counter that tells you how many calories you burn after so many steps on each landing. And and the reason why we have these extra wide stairs, which are, you know, far exceed code requirements, is to encourage people to take them and occupy them and meet in the stairwells. And uh, so we made beautiful stairwells with lots of light and sculpture and, you know, tactile walls and, and neat things like that to really make the stair a place that's uh, a joy to use as opposed to, you know, just jumping on the elevator. So, John, that shows my ignorance there when I talk about fitness, huh? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a bodybuilder, you know, so he's used to the yeah. weights and everything. Look at Chris. <laughs> well, round, man. Like, it's a shape, but it's not, uh, it's not really built well. Well, on our, when we come and visit your office, we're just, we'll just have to keep walking up and down the stairs and see how, you know, in, in between the inner, in, in the discussions, like, go. Well, you can, we can meet on the stairs. We can we can record episodes on the stairs. And, and speaking of that, well, the acoustics aren't that great. Try. <laughs> uh, speaking about uh, you know meeting at your place, 
as close as our industry is, you know, between the contractors and the architects. During your, your pre-con meetings, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything here, but during pre-con meetings on projects, do you hear any comments or stories from contractors after your renovation as far as the wellness building? And You mean on our, on our particular building? Yeah, on your particular building when people are people visit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been doing, you know, Chris, you've done a tour. We've, uh, we have tours here almost every week. I mean, people want to see it. They want to experience it. They want to know how we did it. They want to know why we did it. They want to know um, what it means to have a well building. What, what does it take to do it? And uh, so we're having those conversations all the time. And like I said, you know, we're, we're showing the world how we did it. And by the same token, you know, we're telling our clients how we did it too, in an effort to you know, enroll them in the, in the effort to do it themselves. It's a powerful, uh, powerful business uh, tool. Oh, yeah. You know, to, to go through that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because nobody's done it, you know, and which is amazing to me because it's been around for about oh, maybe 10 years. When we did it, we finished it three years ago. You know, we were, I think, one of only like 120 buildings in the United States. That were well certified, wow. and over and like one of maybe two hundred and fifty in the whole world. You know, of course that num- those numbers have grown exponentially since then, but still, there's not a lot in Pittsburgh. There's not a lot in Pennsylvania, and you know we're doing everything we can to try to increase those numbers because it matters for companies to do it. It matters to their employees' health. It matters to their company culture, and it matters to uh, ultimately it matters to the environment as well and human health in general so it has these wide ranging impacts on broadly on human health that uh, you know really matters and it's far beyond anything lead can can bring to the table for a, for design of a new building or renovation of a space I'm glad you mentioned culture we didn't really point it out directly but through the conversation you could get a sense you know there is a good culture there and and the employees appreciate it, and your guests appreciate it when they visit. So uh, keep up the good fight. You're doing a great job. <laughs> this is awesome. Keep spreading the word. I just, I have one quick question for you, Chip. Can a building be, and this might be a little a little bit awkward, but the, can a building be well certified and lead certified? And then the follow and then the follow up question to that is, if if your building is well certified, does that mean that it's automatically lead certified? No, I mean you have to go through the process to be lead certified. But a well gold certified building like ours, if we went to the effort to um, make it lead certified, it would have been very easy. Probably would have, you know, without really any effort, we could have been uh, lead silver. It was just another process that um, we didn't really, we didn't feel we needed to do, go through because we felt that we had proven ourselves, we'd proven our metal by doing a well gold certified building, and uh, I mean lead would be the icing on the cake, but it's not really it's not really what our goal ever was, even though we could easily do it. What are some of the trends that you see in healthy spaces moving forward? Air and light, for the most part. Those are big ones. Everybody needs, uh, you know, kind of a, the right to light, as we call it. So everybody needs to be able to look out a window, no matter where you sit or work. You know, the Air quality, we want it to be the highest we can possibly make it. So even if you're going into an existing building, an existing space, you want to be able to have as much control over that airflow as you possibly can and filter it as best you can. But other things, you know, are wrapped around are probably maybe more cultural, company cultural issues like um, kind of wellness and mindfulness, comfort. So, you know, making sure that you create spaces where people can go and 
take a break, a quiet break, alone if they want. So, you know, we have in our in our new space, we have places where people can go and sit down in a quiet, you know, acoustically isolated space and just tune out for, for a couple minutes and gain regain balance after arguing with a contractor for longer than we should have to. And <laughs> and um <laughs> No, never happens. <laughs> or maybe a subcontractor. And, and then, so. um, that's more like it. <laughs> you know, and, and gain some uh gain some uh mindfulness back and uh and so you know we we create spaces like that. We create spaces where you know where uh a new mother could um, go and uh, do whatever she needs to do to take care of her, her newborn. You know, we've got places where people can go um, and take a quiet call, a personal call, and know that they won't be overheard. So, you know, we, we create these uh, these places where people can get away and relax and decompress for a couple of minutes. Because, you know, what we do is, as architects, and, and John, you know, this is what builders do is... Uh, you know, it's really special. It's very unique. It's we're together. We are creating something out of nothing. And, you know, we start every day with a blank piece of paper. And when we're done, we've got uh, directions on how to create a building. Not always perfect directions, but pretty good directions. And so, you know, it's the it's probably the single most complex hand-built object anybody will ever buy. And that's what we create every single day. And so sometimes it can be a little stressful. And uh, there are lots of stresses that get put on you know, our profession. So we'd like to be able to create places where people can chill out if they need to. I like the way you explained that. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was, sure. That was good. Well, Chip. I think yeah, I'm ready yeah, to yeah, chill no, out. I'm uh, <laughs> looking at the space. Like, I'm yeah, you're chilling already, man. <laughs> Uh, I want to be chip when I grow up. I don't know about <laughs> that. I want to chill out in these spaces here. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, right? Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Well, chip, thank you so much for joining us on the Building PA podcast, and uh, we will definitely be uh, reaching out and trying to, to schedule some time to come out and, and visit the, the, the office. I keep calling it a facility. I know it's not. A, it's an office building. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Chip. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, John. Thanks, Chip. Yeah. Take care. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.